Sometimes in life we just suffer. Sometimes it's from being totally withdrawn. Or so much stress that we are totally anxious. Or so tired that we are totally burnt out. But our current position is not our final destination. No, indeed. There's hope. So whether it's your personal life, your career, your relationship, your business, or your job, we say there's reason to believe again. And we present from Andy's personal development, the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness, and prosperity. Stay tuned for more. Hey, welcome. This is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, and we are currently live in the breakout room. Remember our three watchwords, health, happiness, and prosperity. And today, we have a special guest with us, Mr. Robert Poole, who's going to share with us various aspects of health, happiness, and prosperity. So let me tell you a bit about Robert as we wait to introduce him to you live in the studios. He says he helps entrepreneurs go from operators to business owners and get free from the day-to-day -day operations in their business. I'm just going to leave it at that and I'm going to introduce our guest so that he can tell us so much more about the value he brings to business owners and the ability to understand their position in the business. Welcome, Robert Poole. Welcome. Yes. Hello, Andy. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Glad to be here. Thank you for being here with us today. And we welcome you. And we hope that the time we spend together is going to be quite valuable for our audience with regards to the information and the content that you are going to share. So, Robert, what makes what you do unique in your specific field or areas of strength where you support business owners to understand the functions and the role that they're supposed to play and how they can define it? Yes, well, um, you know, like a lot of things in life, uh, it, it comes from personal experience, not something I set out to do. But, um, you know, one of the, as a business owner myself for 20-something uh, years now, um, I, I really discovered that not only it was not only a problem with me, but a problem with many of uh, the other clients, small business owners we had. And it's something you hear repeatedly that most of us um, in business, we get into business because we think, well, you know, I, uh, I want to be my own boss and, you know, I uh, want to set my own hours, my schedule. I want to, you know, have uh, my income limited only by how much I can do uh, all those things. And it's all admirable stuff. Uh, and we're generally doing it because we're good at something or we enjoy something. 
but then I find that two or three years into it, most of us are working, you know, far more hours than we ever did when we were working a job. And uh, we're, we're frustrated financially, you know, potentially struggling. Uh, but even if we're not, we're just running around with their, uh, you know, the proverbial uh, chicken with the head cut off type of thing and just buried it with stress and didn't, you know, didn't really turn out the way we expected it. And the problem is that we get into this operator mode and, you know, nobody teaches us at the beginning the difference between uh, operating a business and owning a business. And it took me a very, very long time to figure that out. I would probably say 15, 17 years, somewhere in that range. And I think it's one of those things that uh, most of um, small business owners struggle with at one time or another. And so I kind of figured out how to make that transition from being an operator to being an owner, which is what we really ultimately all wanted. Um, and uh, But it wasn't by design. It was sort of an accident. Um, it was a tragedy in my life that kind of, like a lot of things in life, uh, things force us to change. And yeah. this forced me to explore this. And now I've been the last five years or so been sharing that with other small business owners, helping them get out of that quagmire, that uh, that stress that uh, we all tend to get into. Um, and so that's that's really what I focus on these days. Yeah, that's, that's an abundance of stuff that you shared with us. Really appreciate it, Robert. When you speak to people and you show them this stark difference between the owner and the operator, how do they respond? And, and what type of enlightenment do you see in their faces or in their eyes? Are they really getting the message and what part of it resonates with them? I, absolutely. I think uh, it's one of those things that uh, we, you, you can literally see somebody going, yeah, yeah, that's me. When you yeah. start describing yeah. you know what it's like to be an operator uh, some of the things i described you know that working very long hours you know mm -hmm. just constantly on the go you yeah. know maybe struggling financially um you know all the things that go along with that the, the stress that it causes in your personal life and so you know i've had people just look at me like wow you know you're a mind reader and uh, yeah. it's, it's not because i'm a mind reader it's just because i've been through it and i that's I right yeah you know other people um yeah. and then i think the biggest thing is when you know, um, that look in their eyes when I, I say, hey, you know what? Um, I've been through all this. I know exactly what you're going through. Uh, and I, I was able to figure out how to, you know, mitigate that, how to uh, improve that and how to make that transition. So basically there's hope for you. And yeah. their, their eyes light up because they know, wow, you know, um, hey, maybe there is a way out of this. Um, yes. That's the stark difference that you see. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. So share with us, Robert, what are some of the personal life lessons that you learn as a result of the tragedy that you would have experienced and, and how valuable are they to you now in this moment? Yes. Um, well, just to, I, I think the best way is a little background. Um, I started out as a young man in business in the, the mid 90s after I got out of the army and um, I was in sales and marketing. I have been for 25 plus years and I started a company with a business partner of mine, good friend of mine, uh, right around 2000. And um, we started a, a company a little bit by accident, um, but it was, we ended up doing business to business, uh, cold calling, lead generation, appointment setting for other small businesses. We kind of fell into it. I, I won't go into that story, but um, but we we started out with all those same problems I talked about. And you know, over the years, uh, we were very fortunate to build it into a multi-million dollar company, um, you know, both making lots of money, um, both had freedom because it was a, you know, a lot of partnerships don't 
you know, um, don't go well and usually don't end well. Um, But um, uh, in our case, uh, he became my best friend, like family, and uh, we had very successful business. And so it was great because I could leave, you know, I I took a three month or excuse me, three month, three, three week honeymoon. um, And, you know, I called to the office check once and they said, why are you calling? And, you know, so uh, it was one of those things where you feel, geez, maybe I'm not that important. Um, but, uh, so the point was that we had a lot of freedom because one of us could kind of handle things when the other one was gone. Um, and then in, uh, 2017, um, I came to work one day and, um, my business partner wasn't there yet. And I thought, no big deal, you know? And, um, you know, I, uh, uh, then I started getting calls from his fiance saying she hadn't heard from him from since the day before. And I thought, eh, you know, he, he was, Sometimes he would do that. He would kind of go mm-hmm. off the, the grid for a yeah. while. So it wasn't, yeah. you know, out of hand, but she kept bugging me. So I, I said, okay, I'll go to his house and check on him because he wasn't answering his phone. And uh, unfortunately, I found him, you know, he'd had a heart attack the day before oh, uh, wow. he had passed away. Wow. And so suddenly, you know, I was in this position where um, I was in charge of this multi-million dollar company that, of course, I was intimately involved in. But now um, he was sort of the public face of the company at the time. I did a lot of the stuff in the background. I managed the sales teams and uh, operations and everything else. And he kind of was the public face of the company, worked with clients, that sort of thing. And so suddenly I had to do not only his job, but my job. Yeah. Um, and then everybody was looking for me to me for the answers. And that wasn't where I was. That wasn't my role in the company. And right. so here I am in this you know, shock, um, you know, uh, situation. And I, uh, I found myself, you know, at the office at four in the morning there till seven at night. And still there just wasn't enough time in the day. I was overwhelmed. I didn't know, you know, what I should do. Um, you know, things became a, a mess, you know, pretty quickly, um, uh, things with his estate and we had financial problems all of a sudden, um, lawsuits flying. It was just a mess. And wow. all, all this stuff happened. And I realized, you know what, I I have I've become that operator. I've become tied to my uh, company where I couldn't take a day off. I mean, I couldn't take the morning off. And so I realized, you know what, I'm for my own sanity, for my family's uh, benefit. I've got to figure out a way to get out of this. I've got to I mean, I, do I need to sell the company? Do I need to let it fold? What you know? And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to get back my freedom and what I got into this business in the first place for. And so I set out on a journey. It took me about two years, um, but I I was able to shift it so that I was no longer critical to the running of the company, where I could take wow. time off and yeah. uh, you know yeah. I could take a couple of weeks off and the company would run fine without me. Right. And so what I learned through all that was really that if that hadn't happened, if my business partner hadn't passed away in such a tragic way, I would not have been forced to change. We would have just mm, kept going. Yeah. Um, everything would have been as normal because, you know, as humans, let's face it, we we like the status quo. We don't like yeah. to change. It's, yes. it's, it's yes. easier to sit still. That's um, right. You know, we, we all know that. And so <laughs> what it did was push me and force me to grow as a person. Uh, and as a business owner, because, you know, this affected not just my business life, but my personal life as well. And, uh, you know, the stress and everything. And so I, I learned that, um, you know, ultimately, um, uh, you know, um, I'm a big believer now that what happens to me happens for me. Ah. And it's, um, and it's because I think situations like that, um, dramatic like that or not, 
can force us to grow as people in, as in business, you know, whatever your profession is as a person. And if we don't have that, that force grow sometimes, then we won't do it ourselves. So those quote tragedies can actually be, you know, uh, something that's good. You know, it's not something that we, you know, necessarily want, you know, I would take my business partner back in a heartbeat, but um, you know, uh, but it, it did force me to change as a person. Uh, it's not really a, you know, look at the bright side type of thing. It's more of, okay, you know, I've changed my attitude now where something quote bad happens. I go, okay, it's bad. This is difficult. Uh, but you know, what's this going to force me to be? What's this, how is this going to force me to change for the better? You know? Um, and, uh, and so when you look at it like that, it becomes very empowering, uh, and you can attack problems and challenges and, uh, tragedies, um, you know, in a way that, that gives you a power to deal with them that I never had before. So, um, that, that's a long answer, but it, it's really been a, a concept and a, uh, enlightenment that has changed my life personally, uh, and as well as professionally, uh, been very profitable. So. Uh, I think that's probably the big theme uh, that I, I gained through that experience. Wow. <laughs> I am moved. <laughs> I hear the passion in your voice, Robert, and I appreciate you being vulnerable and realistic about your experience and your understanding that life did not happen to you, but it happened for you. And out of what appeared to be a mess, you got many messages and lessons that you learned in life, and it gave you the impetus to take a different perspective on things. You saw it in a different light, and you were able to make decisions that improved the quality of your life because it was not only affecting the business, it was affecting your personal and family life. Mm -hmm. So here's the question. How important it is for folks who run businesses or who are involved in business to understand that you need to have this holistic balance. There must be a separation from what I do and what I need to be or what I am becoming. How important it is for folks to get that mindset and to understand that in order for them to have longevity, so to speak, they need to find that holistic balance like you did, Robert. Yes, uh, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And that's one of the things that, again, I didn't understand when I was a young man and for many years in business. Um, but I think what you're, you're really hitting on Andy is that it's, it's not about, um, going out and doing a bunch of stuff in business. The, the prerequisite, what you have to do first is you have to become that person uh, that can grow that business that can run that larger business. If we don't focus on, you know, building ourselves, growing ourselves, and this is true in business or just in life in general, if we don't focus on becoming the person that we want to be, then we're doomed to fail. Um, you know, as an example, I always say, if you take somebody uh, very successful, whatever you think about him, uh, you know, a Mark Zuckerberg, for example, yeah. you know, a guy who started Facebook in his dorm at, at Harvard or whatever the story is. Um, if you took him, that person at that stage, and you put him in charge of the current Facebook company, it go bankrupt in months probably because right. he wouldn't be able to handle it because he yes. he did not become he was not the person who's able to handle that kind of business and grow that kind of business and it's the same thing for all of us if we don't focus on growing ourselves becoming that business owner becoming that professional becoming that person to achieve what we want to um, then we're doing it backwards and 
you know, I, I didn't understand that for a lot of years in business and in life. And so these days I focus a lot on that mindset and how can I become the person that can grow that company that can handle a company that's larger? How can I become, you know, that husband that I want to be that father that I want to be? Well, I've got to change me first. Yeah. And yeah. so it's really, like you said, it's about changing, changing us as people first. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing, Robert. So I want to look at this from a different perspective in terms of mentoring and mentorship. Are you currently mentoring any individual or group of people? And I ask that in the context of continuity. It seems as though you have a treasure of knowledge and experience. And I know that you'd want that to continue even, God forbid, after you're gone, Robert. Mm -hmm. Are there any individuals that you're seeing with that kind of potential? And you say, you know what? I can share my deepest stuff with these people or this person. And I know that they will continue to persevere so that the value that I bring now will be here for some time in the future. Yes, absolutely. And that's that's really been my focus. Um, you know, one of the other things uh, that I didn't talk about, one of the other areas that I really grew in after my business partner passed away was that uh -huh. I, for many years, I, I was, and it's, you know, embarrassing to say, but uh, you know, this is part of life. Um, you know, I, I was very focused on what our clients could do for us, basically uh, how much money they could make me yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, I was focused on money and, you know, whatever that took. And my business partner, he was 10 years older than me, a little bit more mature. And he was always much better about, um, you know, focus on the clients and that sort of mm -hmm. thing. And, um, and it really hit me back. It was odd timing, but I was on vacation right before he passed away. And and I'd read a book and I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was about how to create raving fans and the importance of focusing on the customer. And yeah. it was a light bulb that went off with me. And I realized that I was focused on the wrong thing for many years. I wasn't focused yeah. on serving people. I was focused on serving myself. And so, you know, when that fundamentally changed, I, I realized that I've been doing this all wrong. Um, I was actually planning on apologizing to my business partner when I got back from vacation, but unfortunately I never wow. got to have that, that yeah. discussion with him. Um, yeah. But um, so these days in the last few years, I've really, I've worked with, you know, individuals and then I've done group coaching. Um, I, I've done several events, you know, smaller virtual type of stuff because uh, of COVID and all that, of course. And, um, you know, but really focused on how can I help business owners in the sense that I always look at it like if I was talking to the uh, the me of 10 years ago, what would I say? What advice would I give them? How can I help them? And from that perspective, uh, you know, I've I, I don't think there's been a uh, you know, money is great. Money is part yeah. of business. And, and yeah. I, I'm a big believer in, in you know, uh, abundance. But um, but what it's really about is fulfillment. And mm -hmm. this is where I really started to understand that when I started to see people go, oh, wow, I took your advice and, you know, I implemented my business and this started to happen. You know, um, I remember a guy telling me um, he had, it was just an offhanded comment, but I said, hey, you know, you're really good at this one topic. Um, in his case, it was, you know, helping business owners create more value in their business, uh, increasing the value of it. I said, you know, you should start teaching this stuff, you know, online, selling courses or doing, sharing this knowledge. And he took that and ran with it and created this whole separate side of his business and been very successful with it. 
Um, and of course, said that that advice was priceless. And and it wasn't something that you know I you know was a big deal to me at the time. I didn't realize the, the seed that I had planted. But so having that kind of impact on people really does give you that that fulfillment and that joy that money will never bring you that kind of thing. So um, I think it's things like that that really make a difference for me these days. Yeah, great, wonderful. Thank you, Robert. So you were uh, a West Point graduate, an army officer, and how did that training and that discipline, I am sure, help you to become focused enough to understand the transition that you have made and have developed into basically a product that you now help others with? Yes, you know, the, um, I, I'm a big believer in the, the military uh, as an institution as far as, uh, like you mentioned, the, the discipline and all the good habits that people can, you know, particularly young people can learn. Yeah. You know, you're a very formative part of your life and you learn a lot going through that experience, uh, whether you're making a career or not. Um, and that's, I'm a big believer in it. And, you know, there's so many lessons, but I think one of the, the things that I also teach, you know, these days, and it's a something that I think has helped me from the beginning is, you know, when, when, uh, when your, your first year at, at West Point as a cadet, and this is similar to all the military academies in the United States, they have, um, you know, you're sort of a lower class citizen, if you will, there's, you know, you're, you're hazed, you know, and, you know, um, you can, you have all these rules and, you know, and, um, you know, the first summer there in particular, they have a thing where, um, you have, uh, older cadets that, um, are in charge of you and, it's a little bit of a game, but basically you're only allowed to, when they ask you a question, you're only allowed to give them four responses. Okay. And so they'll ask you a question, you know, um, what's the weather today? And you can either say, yes, sir, no, sir, sir, I do not understand or no excuse, sir. Wow. And the, of course you can imagine, you know, how are you supposed to answer that question with one of those four responses? And, you know, like I said, it's a bit of a mind game, but what it, what it does ultimately and what they're trying to teach you is that, you have to take ownership of whatever you're involved in. Yes. Um, and if you accept the fact that, you know, it's not an outside force, it's not like in a business sense, it's not the economy, it's not your customers, um, it's not your employees, um, every, the buck always stops with you. So if you take mm. responsibility for it, um, it, it gives you a power to know that, hey, I can do something about this. Um, you know, whereas if you're blaming outside forces, um, you know, even if they're legitimate, uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, if, but if you're blaming somebody else, what does that do? That makes you powerless. That makes you feel like um, you're not having an impact. There's nothing you can do about it. It makes you hopeless. And so the military taught me that lesson that if I take ownership of any problem, uh, and I, even if it's, you know, an employee messes something up, it's not that they're a dummy or whatever. It's that I didn't train them well enough. Ah, um, yeah, and yeah. So that gives you that power. So there, I mean, there's, like I said, there's so many lessons in the military, but that was one of the things that I think has fundamentally helped me over the years and certainly helped me in this transition uh, as I'm helping others do the same thing. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it, Robert. With regards to the company on your profile, Total Business Results, what is the future like for total business results? Are there any new projects in the making? And how do you see the challenges that are facing business owners today, creating more opportunities for you and your company to come in and assist them making better decisions, having a clearer focus on the way forward? 
basically from the point of being an owner rather than an operator? Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, our company has started and for many years was pretty uh, focused on just the sales side of uh -huh. helping people with get new leads, you know, getting uh, appointments in the door for their specific industry, getting them set up so they can meet with a prospect or whatever. Um, and, you know, that's a, um, a great business. And but what we realized along the way, and again, it a lot of it came from this tragedy that I went through, um, that our clients really needed more than that. Uh, because, you know, um, you can set somebody up with an appointment uh, or set them up with a phone call to, to meet with a prospect, whatever. Um, but what happens, what happens then? You know, yeah. they, they need to know what to say. They need to know how to follow up. They need to have a system to follow up. Um, they need, you know, um, some credibility, you know, they need. Um, and then, you know, outside of sales, you know, a lot of the one of the biggest problems, you know, businesses have these days is hiring good talent. Uh, building that team, because that's one of the most critical things if you're going to grow and make that shift from operator to owner. Um, so, um, you know, and we would hear that over and over again over the years. And and we were kind of giving informal advice, but never really getting deep into it. Um, and we realized that there was all these other little things that our clients needed. You know, they needed, you know, at least a presence of social media. You know, they needed at least a Facebook page. They didn't have to do all kinds of stuff, but you know, they had to have a LinkedIn presence. They had to have something, uh, basic stuff. So we started expanding um, our offerings to help clients in a variety of ways uh, with a big emphasis on the um, the knowledge side of it, um, the coaching side of it, which is what I'm mostly involved in and passionate these days. Um, so we started that shift and that's really where we see uh, the future of the company going um, is that full service, helping business owners grow, not just in one area, because, you know, if you can, ha you can have all kinds of revenue if you want, but if you don't know what to do with it, you don't manage it. More importantly, you don't manage and build the team that's capable of it. Um, it it's going to implode at some point. So, so we realize that. And, and so our focus has been on educating clients, um, helping them navigate this and, and going forward, I think we're going to do a lot more uh, on that side of it. We've done, you know, as a limited number of events, you know, educational type of things, seminars and that sort of thing, um, group coaching. And I think we're really making a push, you know, in the next few years to really make that a major part of our business, because uh, I think it's so critical um, in in my own experience in, in running a business. So that's kind of where, where we see the future going with us. Yeah, great. Wonderful. And I hope that you will have much success in your endeavors for the future. So Robert, I just want to share with us a video and I want to get your comments on it sure. because I think it is very indicative of the experience that you have gained and the knowledge. So let's just- Dramatically affected in a good way. When I started to understand the different uh, chemicals that are released in our brain of hormones technically, that affect the way we are perceiving things and how much we're enjoying what's going on. Are we stressed? Are we excited? Are we happy? Um, do we feel good about it? Um, do we feel connected to who we're talking to or, or the other people in the group? And, you know, it was a long time for me to figure this out, but, you know, I think um, it's something that we don't focus enough on and it's the physiology involved in sales. And if we can trigger the, the right chemicals and the right um, time, you know, during the sales process, we can give people that fantastic buying process where they actually love buying, they enjoy the process, and they enjoy it so much that they're literally getting a physical high. 
you know, and, and again, that took me a long time to figure out. But once I started doing that, wow, what an amazing turnaround in sales. And suddenly, not only are you people enjoying buying from you, and they're buying, but they're also going and telling their friends and colleagues and family and everybody else. Uh, they're bragging about you become a mini salesperson, giving you referrals. And, and you know, they don't even wait until they've actually tried your product or service. I mean, it's the holy grail of selling. So use the chemicals and understand how they're used and when to trigger them, and you're going to completely change your sales life. I guarantee it. I have never heard someone using that basic scientific perspective of the use of what we call in our business, uh, not, not just from an NLP perspective, non-linear uh, language perspective, but in terms of what we call the intuitive aspect of being able to reach that person so deep that it triggers these hormones. And that information causes them to make a decision to buy. I have never heard anyone express it in that form or detail. The term that I'm using for is neuroplasticity. How did you guys arrive at that point, Robert? Because, I mean, I found it so intriguing. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, uh, that, that's um, a blast from the past. I don't, I don't remember when I recorded that video, so that's, I don't know where you found that. That's great. Um, uh, yeah, well, it's it's one of those things that, um, you know, I when I went through this whole process, um, you know, one of the things we talked about is, you know, uh, focusing on becoming the person we needed to be. And, you know, I've been in sales and marketing for many years, and um, and I knew all the this sales stuff, but I... I hadn't thought about a lot of it. And so I really got back into the science of sales, you know, yeah, as part of this yeah. transition. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I realized along the way, because people would talk about, um, you know, different uh, chemicals, you know, hormones basically in our brains and how they affect our, our thinking. Because I I've, I almost majored in psychology in college. Mm. Uh, just I find it fascinating. Um, yeah. But um, uh, you can't do everything, um, another life. Uh, but, um, you know, if you take an example, like um, everybody or most people are familiar with or, or maybe have heard of um, the chemical dopamine, yes. which is that, you know, chemical that makes us feel good. You know, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's the same, you know, thing that, that somebody gets from using an illicit drug just in a yeah. You know, yeah. compacted time and a lot of it at once. Um, but, of course, the, all the downsides with that. Um, but it's a natural hormone that we all get, you know, when we're happy, when, you know, pleasure, basically. And so uh, if we can trigger that um, during the sales process, that particular hormone, um, we can make um, buying something, literally, you walk away and feel like a physical high. Yeah. Um, think about yeah. it this way. If you've, all of us have probably experienced two different sales scenarios. Um, and I always, I always think um, like a, purchasing a car. I don't, I don't know what it's like where you are, but you know, in the U S purchasing the car can be one of the most painful things ever. You know, when you go into a dealership, um, depending on the experience you have, um, I've, I've been in and bought a car where it was the most painful thing that, you know, I just, you know, the salesman was sleazy and you could wow. just tell they were just cared about the money and trying to push something on you. And you, you walked away, maybe you bought it, maybe you didn't, but you literally felt dirty. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. that bad. And like I said, yeah. we, we've all experienced something to that effect in life. 
Um, and then we've we've all experienced the opposite of that, where we bought something um, and we felt like we made a best friend with a salesperson. Uh, when we left, we're like, hey, can you come over for dinner? Uh, you know, um, and we, we walked out of there with a physical high. And the difference is what chemicals were triggered in that process and what order at what time. And so if we know that we need to trigger certain chemicals and there's there's ways to do it um, at specific times in that process, we can literally um, make it incredibly enjoyable for our prospects to buy. Um, and that's how you get customers for life, uh, you know, as I mentioned in the video. So, um, you know, there's there's five main chemicals, um, you know, that I focus on. But, you know, there's there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. And, uh, you know, I have whole videos on this on my YouTube channel, uh, so I won't go into all of it. But um, but it is one of those things that I discovered uh, as a, as just human psychology, how we think about things. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of where I came with that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. I, I love that you went into detail to show the foundation of it and the understanding of it and how useful it can be and impactful it can be in the process. Thank you. Appreciate that, Robert. I'm going to ask you about three questions sure. and they would have basically one or two choices and you make a choice and then you tell us why you choose what you choose. The first one is, would it be the Chiefs or the 49ers? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a huge Chiefs fan, so that's there you a go. question. There you, you know? go. So you think, you think Patrick is going to do it again? Well, you know, I, I think this is where... Uh, Boy, it goes right back to the becoming somebody. Ah. You know, if you, if you watch the last game with him, um, it, it was very clear that the Chiefs and some of the players, they've been there because they've had success in the past. They've been under the lights, so to speak. They've been yeah. under high-pressure situations. Yeah. So they were very calm, collected, exactly. uh, disciplined. Exactly. The other team, that was their first time or in a very long time being in that position. And you could tell the difference that experience makes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, that's why, you know, and, you know, of course I'm a big fan, so I'm a little biased, but, uh, yeah, with somebody who's had been as successful as Patrick Mahomes and been in, um, the limelight as much as he has, uh, I think that, that, uh, makes it a lot, um, I have a lot more faith in that, uh, just because from experience does matter, you know? Yeah. Wonderful. I would love to see the chiefs win because for me personally, that legacy that he's setting is going to raise the bar a little higher if he does. On the other hand, if the 49ers win, it'd be like going back down memory lane, a, a sort of deja vu moment. Hey, guys, maybe we are getting it back together again. Jerry Rice, a la company. Right. But <laughs> here's question number two, Robert. Would it be ham and cheese or peanut butter and jelly? Um. I'm going to have to go with peanut butter and jelly. I, I thought I, I should, I was like, do I make the, the more healthy choice? <laughs> uh, but I, I've always been a peanut butter and jelly guy since I was a kid. So uh, I'm going to have to go that way. Yeah. Why? Why? Um, I, I, uh, I have a sweet tooth for one. So uh -huh. the jelly is a big plus. Um, uh -huh. And I, I think I like the consistency of peanut butter. Uh, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Rich and creamy. Yeah. I, I get it. Crunchy, all that stuff. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Final question. We have two giants. We have Microsoft and we have Apple. Which one are you preferred for in terms of the usage of their products and services? Well, if, 
you know, in some circles may not be the popular answer, but I've always been more of a Microsoft guy. Um, and, um, you know, nothing against Apple. They've got fantastic products and yeah. done amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I think when we, because of a business perspective, when um, I first got into business, um, Apple wasn't nearly as strong in the business world as it is now. Okay. Um, and so everything was PC based, uh, i.e. Microsoft. Uh, and so I kind of grew up on that. So uh, I, I think I, I would tend to go with Microsoft, the big bad Microsoft, you know. I got that. Okay, great. Thank you for participating, Robert. We had a little fun there. Yes. And <laughs> we get to understand more of our choices. If there is one thing in the world that you would not like us to deal with, whether it's hunger, poverty, racial inequality, war, cancer, things that people just don't want to hear about or don't want to see or don't want to have to deal with, what would it be for you, Robert? That one thing. You know, I, I think a lot of our problems, um, and this isn't really a, it's not a political statement or anything, so it's not exactly what you mentioned, but I think it's, you know, particularly like in the United States right now, we're we're a very divided country politically. And, and I think it's because we as people are not tolerant of others um, in the sense that we don't, we don't, we don't think enough about what has this person been through? What's, why do they think the way they do? You know, they may have grown up differently than I have. They may have, they have clearly have different experiences and because they did, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It means that they've been influenced by different experiences in life. Yeah. And I think when we, when we lose that tolerance, that's where it creates all the problems you're talking about. The, um, the racial inequality, the, um, you know, even wars are because of people that are not tolerant of, you know, a, a different culture or, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, that sort of thing. And so if we as human beings could focus on understanding each other and focusing on trying to understand versus trying to get people to understand us, mm. um, I think yeah. we would be better off as a human race and it would solve a lot of those problems, you know, that are specific, but, um, I think if we came out from that perspective, I think that would be a big deal. Yeah, great. Thank you for sharing, Robert. We appreciate that. I want to look at a scenario, and I want to imagine that someone is now starting off in business, and they actually are currently working for someone as an operator, and they have a desire to become an owner at some point in time in the future. But they are not sure how to make that transition. They're lacking the necessary experience, the knowledge. And the question that I want to ask you is, where do people go to get proper information on how they can make a transition from being an operator to an owner because they would eventually want to have that in their sights as a dream, a goal, something that they want to accomplish. Having that ambition, who they should seek advice from, yourself included? Yeah, well, of course, uh, I'm always happy to talk about the concept and based upon my experience. But, uh, you know, I think that I've always been a big believer in mentors. And so, um, you know, whatever industry you're in, um, I think the, the best thing you can do if you're a young person or just inexperienced in what you would like to get in 
is get around people who are much further down the road where you want to be. You know, if yeah. you're, um, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, let's say you're in the, um, you're in the printing industry, uh, you know, you work for a commercial printer that prints brochures and whatever, and you really want to get into that for your own business. Um, you know, you want to find out who is the, who's the guru in that industry? Who are, who are the people, you know, that you want to be around because who you're around is who you become. Mm. And if you want to become that business owner, you've got to look at people who have actually done it. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I have no problem with higher education. You know, I went to a, you know, in some circles in Ivy League school and all that, but it, that, that doesn't really matter when it comes to business. Um, you know, these days we have so many resources uh, that we never had 20 years ago. And um, it, you don't have to go to college, get an MBA, you know, in whatever to be successful. Um, if you want to know about, you know, um, like I said, the printing industry, there are people that are way ahead of you that can teach you and are happy to teach you. Uh, sometimes, you know, they'll charge a fee or something, and sometimes not. Um, and um, you can learn from them. And that's the fastest way to grow. And you can look at them. And you, if you find the right successful person that is actually a business owner and an op not an operator, not only can you learn about that particular industry, the skills you're going to need to survive, but you're also going to learn how to build a business like they did instead of just running a business. So I think it's, you know, it goes a little bit back to one of my, my biggest influences has been Tony Robbins since I was, you know, a teenager. Uh, and he talks about the concept of modeling. So modeling somebody who has been there and done it, so to speak, versus, you know, an academic idea, you know, there's nothing wrong with reading books and all that kind of stuff, but there's nothing like having a mentor or, studying somebody from afar even um and having that influence so that's what i would do personally yeah great wonderful thank you for sharing robert if you had a megaphone that you could speak to basically all the people on this planet over eight billion persons and it is one moment where you can say something that they would always remember and never forget you're deeply passionate about it what would you say to them robert Mm, well, that's a that's a heavy weight. Um, <laughs> eight billion people. Um, I, I, how about I talk to eighty or you know? Stop um, there. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I think um, it it goes a little bit back to what I was saying about you know um, how we address some of these problems, and I think I would say um, focus on serving other people, uh, and they will serve you. Um, you'll get everything you need from serving other people. Uh, and if we all did that, uh, the, the world would be drastically different. Uh, so it's, uh, it does come down to service. So I'd have to work on that to come up with a better compact quote. But, uh, that's the concept anyway. <laughs> I love it. Service is important. I, I think we were placed here to be servants to and for each other to help and support each other in so many different ways. And I think on many occasions, we miss the opportunity to be of service, not understanding that because we think we are masters that people are supposed to serve us. But even the greatest master told them that you ought to be servants. Mm -hmm. And if we could understand that being a leader with a servant desire, to serve people from that positive position or that position of authority, it makes the biggest difference in the world. And the reason for that is because we have so much more to give, so much more to share, to teach others. 
like yourself. So what I want to do is bring our episode to an end. But Robert, I want to give you the opportunity to share with our people your information, how they can make contact with you if they need your services, if they need to contact you. I'm going to give you a little help by putting some stuff up there. But you tell them how is the most effective way in which they can make contact with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I always put this out there because I'm a big believer in one-on-one, um, you know, contact with people, and I love networking. Uh, you know, if you want to talk to me directly, I'd be more than happy to, to chat with you about what's going on in your business and your life. Um, you can always email me directly uh, at robert at operator to owner dot net. Um, operator is in and then t o uh, operator to owner dot net. Um, be happy to, to set up a time to chat with you and. You know, if you would like, I've got a YouTube channel with a bunch of videos on there that talks yeah. about, you know, many subjects. And, and of course, you can reach me on all the social media stuff, uh, usually under the Robert Poole. And then, of course, our, I think it's, I'm sorry, too, I don't have my glasses on, so I can't read it. But I think if you uh, if you go to totalbusinessresults.com, all of our yeah. contact info is yeah. there as well. That's there. That's there. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. I just want to share a video with our sister podcast. I'm, I'm hosting this podcast on later at 6.30 p.m. AST. Just to remind folks while I leave your information there. So stand by, Robert. We'll be back with you in a minute. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you all about this amazing podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you all about this amazing podcast that I had the absolute privilege of being on recently. Oh my gosh. Andy Charles is such an easy person to talk to. It's such a wonderful podcast to listen to. I just, I love these guys. I know that I'm not going to have nearly as many opportunities to speak to them as I wish I could, but the the program breaking out of depression is really doing exactly that for so many people. It's been a great thing to be a part of. It's wonderful to uh, see the progress of this show as it goes along. I'm just really blessed to have been a part of this. Yeah, so thank you, Amanda Blackwood. And you can also check her out on her podcast as well on YouTube and other platforms. So the man of the moment is Robert Poole. And he has shared so much wonderful information with us. So don't hesitate to check him out on his website, www.totalbusinessresults.com or on any of his social media pages, Facebook, YouTube, Robert Poole. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-P-O-O-L-E. As we close, please remember our watchwords, health, happiness, and prosperity and i'm very glad that you got an amazing share of all those as we leave with you to remember to always be proud of your story because it is yours until next time this is andy of andy's personal development together with my guest robert Poole, saying so long godspeed god bless namaste shalom bye for now people